This is when I know enough was enough. I'm crying. This person's behind closed doors apologizing. I go over there to let this person know, hey, I'm feeling suicidal. I don't want to be here no more. You are you on the internet being against me. The whole world is against me. You're not defending me, but behind closed doors, you're apologizing. Yeah. So it became a point where like, this man turned around and said, okay, we need to get this on camera. We're going to make as much money as we can. We need the views right now. Wow. So me telling you that I'm feeling suicidal and I don't feel like living anymore. You're trying to make money off of it. Mm. But see, people don't understand that I'm human. There were so many red flags inside of my one of my relationships. And I was like, how did I ignore like what part of me ignored so many red flags? Mm -hmm. And my therapist told me something that was so freeing. And he said, Sarah, the only delusion that you have is that you went into this situation like you were a wife. You're not a wife. Mm -hmm. You're a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Wives have capacity to build over things because you don't just let go when things go yeah, when things right. go bad. Mm -hmm. But as a girlfriend, one of our biggest opportunities is to inspect your partner. When you were in love with an abuser, a predator, a child yeah. molester, yeah. that is not love. It is manipulation. It is control. And if you are willing to jeopardize your children for the sake of a relationship, your sister for the sake of a relationship, your friends, your family for the sake of a relationship that's not a real relationship. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of It's, it's Non-Negotiable. This is where we set non-negotiables with all things, people, places, experiences that do not serve you or your highest good. I am your co-host, Sarah Fontenot. I'm Amber Ty. I'm Ernestine Morrison. And today we are blessed to have a very special guest on the show. She is a serial entrepreneur. I'm talking boutique line. I'm talking author. I'm talking mother. I'm talking a go-getter, a hustler, a make things happen, in, like massively large platforms on social media. I'm sure y'all have heard of her. Can we please say hello to Miss Brianna? Hey, Queen. Welcome to the show. <laughs> We're so happy to have yes. you here. Yes, I'm loving this. Yes. <laughs> so, Brianna, what does it's non negotiable mean to you? Standing in, knowing your worth and what you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept. Yes. That's good. Yes. Where do you feel like, because you've built so much, like you've really been hot for some years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where do you feel like your non negotiables really showed up for you in your life? And what were those non negotiables? Mm, I would say mine showed up last year. Mm. So um, when I became open with my abusive marriage, mm. I had to say it was enough. When you have to start covering things up, bruises, anything broken, it's enough. Mm. Yeah. And that was my non-negotiable. I didn't want to see my kids banging on the door, screaming, trying to help their mother anymore. Mm. Wow. So now I am healing along with my children so that they are not triggered. Yeah. Them triggers and traumas that we all share together because they experienced that with me. Mm. And you have four kids. Yes. Was it hard for you to say enough is enough? Was it hard to walk away? Yes, it was hard. And people don't understand the cycle of abuse. When you expose something, especially to family or anybody, you protect and save. That's your first instinct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when I started seeing it go downhill for that person, I wanted to jump in and save but I shouldn't have, the whole time I should have been saving myself and my kids. Yeah. Mm. What do you think you were trying to say for the other person? Um, Face. Yeah. 
um, image. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just gracefully be done with it and then just go our separate ways. But I feel like if I would have never went public, I would still be there. Yeah. Mm. Making excuses for it. Mm. Me coming out publicly gave me an extra force to stay out of it. Yeah. And a bunch of opinions made me realize what I really was going through because once I got out of it, I started realizing all the red flags. When you're in it, you don't see it. Right. Mm -hmm. I was making so many excuses. Mm. Oh, he didn't have a mom. Oh, he was raised by his grandparents. Oh, he don't know what love is. Oh, it was so many excuses that I kept making for that person that it was like, girl, what? It came to a point where I had to go do a lie detector test on myself to prove to myself that I was being abused. Wow. So that's when I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> did wow. you have a moment, like, did something happen that you're like, okay, this day, this moment, this is enough? It was a moment where, okay, so my finger got broken in the incident. And my dad was there and him and my dad was arguing. And my dad is 60. I don't want my dad to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. So while they're going back and forth, I went live to think. I thought it was going to be like, they was going to cool down and be like, oh, shit, she on live. It just keep getting worse, worse, and worse, and worse. So I stay live, and then they seen the police pulled up. So that's how it just. Wow. Mm. Were you afraid, like, when you took that first step, like, enough is enough, I'm done, I'm moving on? I don't know what that process was like, whether it was mm -hmm. packing your bags, whether leaving the house or kicking him out, like, what was your mental state of mind during the process of you finally saying this is enough? It was hard because I was worried about my kids. Mm. At yeah. first. But then as I spoke to my kids and they was like, no, we don't want you to be with me. We're good. Like mm. we're happy. We're great. Wow. And I thought that if they would have said yes, I know for a fact, I probably would have went back trying to make it work. Ooh. I know for a fact. Wow. How old are your kids? 12, 9, 10, and 3. And they're all by? No, yeah. just the three-year-old. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I like I, so much is coming up for me because I, I don't even know if you guys really know, but when, back when I was 20 years old, I was almost paralyzed by my first ex-fiance. And um, when I left, I didn't tell anybody mm. because there was so much shame yeah. inside of like, how does this happen to me? You know, there's so much like, like I can't even, even, even just thinking back to those moments. And it's literally like, there are so many women that are afraid to leave because of the fear of failing, mm -hmm. because of the fear of what people will say, because right. of the, the shame that comes with it that like, oh girl, you, you, whatever, did you ever, was it shame that kept you or did you experience shame? And mm -hmm. was it what kept you in? I did experience shame because after going through it publicly, people were asking questions. So yeah. then I, I came into since I'm an influencer, now I'm defending myself. Right. And after, it's like day after day, I'm coming out with receipts. I'm coming out with receipts. I'm coming out with receipts. I'm coming out with voice recordings. And people are like, why are you recording your marriage? When when you first reach out to your friend or family member, what do they tell you when something happens to you? Start recording because yeah, something may receipts. happen. Right. Keep receipts in case somebody deletes your phone. Email it to me. Let me keep a record of it. Right. So I started recording everything, but it seemed like the more I tried to show evidence, the more people were still like, she lying, she lying, she lying, she lying. And then it was like, Okay, so y'all ain't never protecting anybody when you first, when your girlfriends or your mom or your dad ever found out about somebody cheating on you yeah. or abusing you. You make it, oh, it wasn't really that bad. Right. Yeah. And I never say he didn't do anything. I say he never broke anything on me before. It's mm -hmm. a difference in saying he never abused me. Mm -hmm. I just say he never broke anything on me. Mm -hmm. So people took that as, oh, she, she's a liar. And I'm like, I'm a liar because I say he never, because he took the video and then made it. See, see I told you I never abused her. Mm. And, you know, in the Internet, they're not looking at and listening to what's being said. They're looking at, at the caption. Was he right. also a public figure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's crazy because you know, when you're in situations like that, it's like you want help and you mm-hmm. want someone to lean on, you mm-hmm. want that support. Mm-hmm. But then it's like when you open your mouth, it's like daggers are thrown at you. Right. Yeah. Like you feel like you don't have that support. Mm-hmm. You don't have the help. And I can see why people um, like yourself in this situation would just be quiet. Yeah. Just be silent because you don't feel like you have a safe plate, mm-hmm. a safe outlet to really just outpour what the yeah. truth and what's really happening. So it was important for me to excuse my language, but F being an influencer, I wanted to be human in that moment and show the good, the bad, the ugly, and the nasty. When I was in Dominican Republic with my daughter, I felt so low. I'm like, oh my God, I done came out. I done exposed this person. I'm crying. This is when I knew enough was enough. I'm crying. This person's behind closed doors apologizing. I go over there to let this person know, hey, I'm feeling suicidal. I don't want to be here no more. You are you on the internet being against me. The whole world is against me. You're not defending me, but behind closed doors, you're apologizing. Yeah. So it became a point where like, damn, this man turned around and said, okay, we need to get this on camera. We're going to make as much money as we can. We need the views right now. Wow. So me telling you that I'm feeling suicidal and I don't feel like living anymore. You're trying to make money off of it. Mm. But see, people don't understand that. Damn it, I'm human. Yeah. yeah. I'm human. And when I was in DR and I went live, bawling, crying my eyes out, I was like, listen, this happened to me. Yeah. Y'all wasn't in my house. Right. You can't defend someone you don't know. You know him for what you see on the internet that's portrayed. Right. Yeah. You can't say what happened in my house. You wasn't there. Right. And you can't defend me either because you wasn't there. Right. But if a person comes out with tons of receipts, voice recorders after voice recorders and hospital documents and all of that, and it's still being told as I'm a liar. Okay. You know what? Now I'm not living for y'all. Now I'm living for myself so Come that on. I can get this closure and heal. And then maybe so as I'm getting to my happy place, now y'all can look at me and say, well, damn, I did see her journey she just didn't come out here and say oh i'm holy hill yeah i went through a journey and you actually got to experience that you got to experience my brokenness because i was very broken and now i'm at a point where i'm like what (laughs) yeah come on what i don't have to prove nothing to nobody this happened to me and i'm glad i experienced that because now i can share my experience with other people so that they can recognize the red flags because we don't see that we don't see people being humans we see influencers putting up their publicists putting a statement up their manager fixing it no, I wanted to be true, transparent in myself. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, Rihanna, tell Sheesh. me, you know, you, you spoke on red flags. Mm-hmm. You obviously fell in love with this person at some mm-hmm. point. Um, and I've been in situations and relationships mm-hmm. where there were definitely blaring red flags mm-hmm. in the beginning, yeah. but we ignored them. Tell us about the the journey in the beginning. You know, give our viewers what to look for did it start off as verbal abuse and then changing into physical you know was he the man of your dreams in the beginning like tell us what that looked like and how you got to this place so in the beginning what i've learned is i made a lot of major decisions in grieving i Mm. met him when my mom passed Mm. so i created a trauma bond Mm. and he had so many similarities of my mom Mm. so when that happened I'm like, oh, I get a glimpse of my mom. I still get a chance to have my mom. Mm. Oh, he's a Gemini like my mom. I'm Mm. over here comparing stuff. And I got married in three months. I I didn't, all off of things like my mom. Mm. So then it became a parenting relationship. It wasn't never husband and wife. You didn't never look at me like that. You looked at me as a child because I'm younger than you. Mm. So I say that to say it started off as verbal because it was the control. 
you wanted me to stay home. And at first I thought, oh, it's sweet. You want me to stay home with the kids. And, you know, he want me to be a mom because he didn't have a mom. And he want me to be able to spend time with my kids and not work so much. I thought it was sweet. But then as I became to make money, it was a problem from if it was from him, he would show me how to make money on social media and I would be on his page as an admin. If I said anything wrong, he would cut me off. Mm. Oh, you ain't getting this or take the keys from me. You're not driving my car or take my phone from me. Super. So it was like, wow. Mm -hmm. So as I started learning, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to see where this goes. And then I started becoming more independent and more independent. And I started taking social media over on my own. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, maybe if I, you know, give him some of my money, maybe he'll be better. Mm. Wow. That didn't work. Mm. That didn't work. How long were you married? Six years. Wow. And how long has your divorce been final or separation? Um, I'm still going through it right now. How long have you been separated? Um, Since October 21st. Wow. wow. This past year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy because um, I do therapy. I call him my holistic slash spiritual therapist. He's not like the kind that gives medication, but he is a holistic view as to like mm-hmm. who you are and how to heal and all of these different things. And I literally had to have a conversation like because there were so many red flags inside of my one of my relationships. And I was like, how did I ignore like what part of me ignored so many red flags? Mm-hmm. And my therapist told me something that was so freeing and so if you're listening at home or you're viewing at home and you're one of those people that you maybe, you know, you might feel like something just doesn't because we know like mm-hmm. there's a feeling when it's like mm, something doesn't feel right. But because we're women and we're nurturing and we want to hold on to sometimes we hold on to things way past the time of when it's time to right. let it go. Mm-hmm. And um, my therapist said he said, Sarah, the only delusion that you have is that you went into this situation like you were a wife. You're not a wife. Mm-hmm. You're a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. A wife is a builder. Yeah. A builder will see a gap in the floor or in a foundation and will go look at the hole and be like, oh, okay, let's fill this up with this. Let's move this on. Okay, let's keep mm-hmm. going. Let's keep building. He said a girlfriend is an inspector. An inspector is going to go look at that same gap in the foundation and say, mm, actually, we don't even have the same materials as the rest of this flooring. And what we do have can't hold the same level of weight. So if you continue to build on this, even if we fill it, it'll eventually come crumbling down. Right. Yeah. He said, Sarah, you didn't ignore red flags. You built over them. Mm-hmm. And that's what wives do. Wives have capacity to build over things because you don't just let go when things go yeah, when things right. go bad. Mm-hmm. But as a girlfriend, one of our biggest opportunities is to inspect your partner. Mm-hmm. Are we built for the same thing? Are we trying to build the same thing? Right. Are we going to the same place? Like, are we in alignment with one another? Is our vision and our values in alignment? And it, it's crazy because you never really realize, you know, and I, I'm like, I gave so many excuses. Oh, he's never had accountability before. Mm-hmm. No one's ever held him, you know, like no one's ever called him out before. Right. It's not malicious. Mm-hmm. You know, I give all of these excuses and it's like the little things where we we had gone to um, a show. You you guys know the comedian Tony Baker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony Baker was in St. Louis, right? And um, I traveled to St. Louis to go see the show with my partner at the time. And um, I love Tony Baker. He's hilarious, like literally hilarious. So we go see the show and uh, a girl comes up to me after the show and she says, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're literally one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. And he was standing right behind me and uh, he was like, what did she say? She said, I said she's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. And then she walked away and he was like, oh, she's probably never been out of St. Louis. And I was like, 
for, I'm, I'm, did you, and in my mind, the way that I made it okay was me saying it wasn't malicious, mm-hmm. but if your heart is to constantly pull me down, right. it starts mm-hmm. off small yeah. yeah, and then it becomes really big. It's yeah. like the, the boulder going down the hill. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's, it is a lot. It does sound like you've, you've dealt with some narcissistic traits. Yes, I can't diagnose anybody, but <laughs> definitely, definitely some traits sound like they're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you learned most? since having that relationship about yourself and that partnership? To stop trying to be a fixer. And I'm like that with everybody. Mm. When I have somebody come into my life, I'm trying to fix them. I'm trying to, oh, if I just pour a little more in that cup, if I pour love into them, if I pay a little bill or so, if I take care of my friends, if I give them the love that their parents, and because I keep finding friends who have issues with their parents. Mm. And then my relationship, parent issues. Mm. So it's like, God, what what are you using? Because my I never had any difficulties with my parents. Like I had the best parents ever in my life. Mm. Um, so I'm always trying to fulfill their cups that they're lacking in other relationships. I'm always trying to fix them, and that's a problem that I had in my marriage too. I'm trying to fix. I'm trying to give yeah. him something that he never. Oh, he never had a mom, and he also said that like. I love the way you love on your kids. I wish I had a mom. And I feel that he wanted me to love him the way I love my kids. And I can't do that. Yeah, I can never do that. And that became an issue for me because I was supposed to be your wife, not your mom. Mm -hmm. But nine times out of ten, when we become wives, we suddenly becomes moms. Yeah, Because we're trying to make sure that they are organized, make sure they together, make sure they do this, make sure they do that. Yeah, And it's just like, now I'm learning that. I have to pour my cup. Yeah. I have to fulfill my cup. Yeah. Yes, my kids going to be great. But me come first because if I'm not together first, and yeah. a lot of mothers out here keep saying, oh, my kids come first, my kids. And that's the problem. Right. You're supposed to put yourself first because if you fall apart, then what? Yeah. Mm. Then what? During this process, did you feel like, I feel like, I'm, I too am a fixer. Mm-hmm. Friends, family, like when mm-hmm. I see a, a lack or a gap, I want to immediately fix it. I yes. want to find the wound. I want to heal it. Mm-hmm. But I realize a lot of times we're so apt and so quick to want to fill a wound or fill someone's need because there's a void that that, that we actually have. Right. There's something that we're lacking mm-hmm. that maybe we're not getting from somewhere. So we want to fix it in other people. Mm-hmm. Did you, in this discovery process, have you found out what your voids were for you? My voids were that eight-year-old little girl that was molested. Mm. So I don't want anyone to feel neglected, abandoned. And that wasn't a part of my parents because when I came out and told my mom. <sighs> um, Can we have the tissue? When please? I came out and told my mom, my mom was very supportive. But I waited till I was 16 to tell her. Yeah. Um, so I've learned that. That's what I was trying to heal. Can you say that again? I'm sorry. You just said you waited. It happened when you were eight. And I didn't tell my mom till I was 16. I didn't tell my mom until I was 30. Mm-hmm. It's something like when you experience sexual abuse, I don't know what the answer is or what that discovery is, but there's a lot of times you just don't want to say anything. Yeah. And not because you think you're going to get in trouble. It's something you just don't know why you don't say anything. Right. Yeah. Like you... And then for me, it was me in fear because I knew I had to go to that person's house. Mm. It was my sister's husband. Wow. So when I say I neglect and I lack and I try to pour in people's cups, it's because of that sisterhood that I didn't get. Yeah. So I'm trying to fulfill my sisters in whatever way I can to make sure that they don't feel abandoned, that they don't feel like they don't trust. Because even though my sister knew, my sister is still married to him to this day. 
What? Yes. So she's still married still to him. Still married to and him. And knows. Still married. She knows now. She did it. She been there. <sighs> My mom told her the same time I told her. And even I want to say like uh, maybe a year ago, um, her house had burned down. Mm. And I was going back and forth for myself. I'm like, God, what do I do? I love my sister, but she chose to be with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if this is your way of, you know, vengeance is the Lord's. If this is your way of giving him something that he deserves, what do I look like helping her? Mm. Yeah. Because helping her is helping him. Mm-hmm. So I went back and forth, back and forth for myself, and I still ended up helping her. And she came. I flew her out here, and I said, I want you to live here. I will give you $20,000. I will help you move. I will help you start over. My sister said, okay. My sister went back and my sister never said nothing else about it. So the fact that she chose him again wow, is like, what? I'm giving you a new opportunity in life mm. and you still want to go and be with. Wow. Is, how is your relationship <sighs> now with her? Do you, that, do you We know? talk every blue moon, mm-hmm. but I, I honestly, when I had a conversation with her, when I flew her out here to tell her, like, I love you, but this is what happened to me. And I gave her details. I remember it like it Jesus. was yesterday. Jesus. And she was just like, well, you just have to forgive him. I have. And I'm like. that I struggle with that. Like, I know the Bible and the word says you're supposed to forgive. But. When it comes to children and molestation and sexual abuse, that is something that I will f- probably forever struggle with. And I definitely have to say this, like just the idea that she's still with him and not just her, but there's countless women who stay with abusers, who yeah. stay with predators, who stay with child molesters. It's like, I just want women to know you have to love yourself so much that you are not willing to degrade yourself, degrade your family, degrade your morals, degrade your non-negotiables, not love you enough to stay with someone for the sake of having companionship, right? for the sake of having some temporary fleeting feeling of love. Like it's fleeting and it's not real. Mm -hmm. And please hear me. It is fleeting and it's not real. When you are in love with an abuser, a predator, a child molester, that is not love. It is manipulation. It is control. And if you are willing to jeopardize your children for the sake of a relationship, your sister for the sake of a relationship, your friends, your family for the sake of a relationship. That's not a real relationship. It's not a real relationship. Too many, we hear too many stories. We see too many stories where women stay with predators, with these predators. And I get really sensitive about this subject because I too live through that. And you watch women stay. The person who molested me, I, I DM'd his current wife, gave her the whole playbook. She blocked me. Didn't even respond, blocked me. Still together to this day. Mm. It's sickening. Mm-hmm. And you have to love yourself more than that sickness. Mm-hmm. You have to love yourself more than that demon and that spirit. Can I ask you this question? Um, and, and I'm saying this from the most sensitive place I, I possibly can. When you DM, DM'd her, mm-hmm. was this years after this happened? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that person who he is could be different than who he was then? doesn't matter to me. Right. So, but when you said it's crazy to you for her to block you and for her to stay with him, Mm -hmm. it may not be crazy to her because maybe he's changed. Maybe God has done something in his life for, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just posing that question. I don't think anybody is free or exempt, I should Mm -hmm. say, from change and, um, you know, God's forgiveness. And so 
is, is it crazy for her to stay with him? Is it crazy for your sister to stay? Now, I think that was crazy back then for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, could he have come to Jesus? And could do he Do you have- feel like, even if somebody came to Jesus, do you feel like looking, he would never look at another child the same? The Bible does say to go to the person you offended. Mm-hmm. Go to the person you hurt. And ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't done that, yeah, then maybe, say, right. if there's no reconciliation, and still lying there's, about it, yeah, yeah, there's there's lying, mm-hmm. there's deceit, yeah. there's no reconciliation, there's no public atonement. Absolutely, you didn't atone for this. Mm-hmm. You didn't apologize for this. There was no reconciliation. So I'm absolutely not going to hold you to a standard of forgiveness when you can even atone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Do I you wrote feel this like- man a whole letter when I was 18, and I told him exactly how I felt. And I told him that I forgive him. And this man wrote me back and said, I still love you, little sis. I'm not your fucking sister. Mm, little sis. <sighs> Ugh, I feel sick. Like, <sighs> but still to my sister, it's, I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. My sister asked him to take a lot of tests. He said, no. I'm sorry, but I'm going to clear my name. When you were eight, how old was he? When I was eight, I don't even know. My sister is 39. No, my sister's not 39. She's 49, 49, and I'm 30. So, okay, so, so he's fairly older. older, 20 years older, your senior. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, no. I do think that in a lot of relationships, um, like I've worked with a lot of women and it, it makes me in I'm not even on like a, a child molestation or predator or or abuse. Well, it is a, a form of emotional mm-hmm. abuse, which I think is way worse than physical, by the way. Um, but I was having a conversation with a young woman and she was saying how they had this experience and she was like, I'm done. I'm finished. He does this to me. He says this to me. He treats me this way. And I said, why are you staying? And she said, because I I, I just I, I'm not I need to know that I need to I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. But then in that same space, she was telling me how, but if he got a different room from her, like a separate room because they kept arguing. And in that same conversation, she was like, but if he would have stayed out of the room, then then I just would have lost it. Mm -hmm. I'll call. And it's like you're literally saying that you're done with him, but he's supposed to sleep in the same room as you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, she's like, and I said, why do you want a man that you don't want? Why do you even want him in your space? She said, Sarah, I love him. I said, this is not love. This is addiction. Yeah. This is literally, and that's what people have to understand. Like our traumas, our like deep rooted trauma bonds Mm -hmm. are like as hard to drop as literal heroin. Yeah. Especially if you don't even know that you have the addiction. A lot of the times people don't understand that when you trauma bond with someone, you're literally creating like a, like a, like a serotonin. Like you're literally creating like a hit or you got to go back and get that abuse. You got to go back and say the crazy Mm -hmm. thing. You got to go back and poke the bear. The bear's got to come and poke you. Like things have to happen so that you get certain types of reactions because the truth of the matter is you're not aware that you're satisfying that deep rooted trauma mm-hmm. and that's the and work it's really a lack of love yeah because that, that bond that you think you have you're thinking you're bonding with someone you think this is a friendship or this is a relationship no it's a lack of self-love yeah and mm-hmm. it's a lack of the feeling of love that you admire and want and yearn for so bad like yes. you want love and friendship and companionship so bad that you are willing to go through this trauma and this pain just to have a little piece of an inkling of what you think is love or what you think is a good feeling right. and it's not right it's self-sabotage mm-hmm. so my therapist always tells me he's like amber you um, have operated in, in a place over your life where you can deal with not being wanted as long as you're happy, you're not sad. Mm-hmm. 
Or you could deal with being sad, but not being unwanted. But you can't deal with both, mm. right? And it, and I take that back to what she's saying, there being a lack of love. Mm -hmm. What I am learning right now is to go back, and this is something that maybe I encourage you to do, to go back and picture yourself as that eight-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I had a lot of trauma when I was around 11, 12 to maybe like 16, and trauma that I don't really talk about. <laughs> um, and I'm, go I go back and I look at, I, I call her track. Cause that's my, that was my nickname growing up track. And I think about how I love my son and I'm like, man, if I had loved track the way that I love my son, mm -hmm. there are so many decisions I would not have made mm -hmm. because if I could see my son about to make that decision and I could tell him, no, you're not going to do that. That's what it would have been. No, because mm -hmm. I love you so much mm -hmm. and I see how this is going to hurt you that I'm not going to allow you to do that. So now I go back to 12-year-old Amber and say, dang, if I had loved you or if I had learned how to love you yeah. mm -hmm. that way, there are so many decisions that I would not have made. There are so many trauma bonds that I would not have made. Yes. You know, you talked about always attracting people that need things and how you can be a savior. I was that same person. Mm -hmm. And I found myself always with men who needed saving. And I'm like, what is that about? Yeah. And I have figured out even just through therapy, my mother died when I was 11. And I was so concerned about my dad. It mm. was like... Why am I so concerned? About, I'm the kid here. Mm -hmm. I'm the kid. But I had never seen my dad boohoo the way I, the way he did the day that my mother died. Mm. And it did something to me that I excused everything else. And I always was trying to be his savior. I didn't want to see him cry. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see him hurt. So when he started dating again, I didn't want him to date. But I wasn't going to tell him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for him to date because mm -hmm. I just lost my mom. Mm. But I wasn't going to say anything. I just want my daddy to be happy. Mm. And I carried that in my adulthood when it came to men. Oh, I'm not going to say anything. I just want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. How can I be your peace? I want to be your peace. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, what about me? Mm -hmm. right. What about your own peace? Yes. Right. What about track? What about my happiness? Mm -hmm. And so I encourage you to go back and, you know, visit that eight-year-old Brianna and be who she needs you to be and and not blame her. Mm -hmm. I blame myself for a lot of the things that I that I went through. And and I'm sorry, I'm I'm being a little bit long-winded, but um one thing that my therapist said also, he said, if your four-year-old, he's about to be four, if you left him in the house and you left for a week and you came back and the house is a mess and you see food spilled on the table and cereal here and, and old milk here, would you be mad? And he said, no, because that baby was just trying to feed himself because mm. he didn't know any better. He didn't know how to get out and go get things and do things and, and put the cereal and the milk together. Right. And so I look <clears throat> at myself as that 12 year old. I can't be mad at the decisions I made in life because I didn't know any better where there was just lack in my life a bit. Mm -hmm. So it's like I learned to now stop blaming myself mm -hmm. for the things that I've gone through, for the decisions I made. And really starting to embrace my 12-year-old self yeah. and being who she needs yeah. and loving her the way she's supposed to be loved. That's powerful. So, I love what? how you incorporate your kids in everything, too, yes. going down your social media. Mm -hmm. And I love how you're using, you're literally using your social media platform as like um, a vessel. 
Mm-hmm. From the, for the message mm-hmm. and for the narrative and yes. you're not being afraid and you're being bold about yes. it and your kids are right there with you and they're yes. supporting you and the photo shoots with the captions yes. it's like no yes. this is what we've been through this is what yes. I've been through and this is what we're doing mm-hmm. now yes. and I think you're saving so many people right yes. now I, agree. I have so many women say because of you I did not commit suicide Wow, oh. and that like touched me the most because nobody was there for me when I was feeling suicide Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody was there I was being attacked I sold millions of people because I came out and told my truth. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't know nobody who done something that they was wrong about that is so obsessed with their image that is going to say I did wrong. You know what this person said on the internet? I'm wrong for spoiling my wife. No, you're wrong for verbally abusing me. Mm-hmm. You're wrong for physically abusing me. That's it. Own your shit. Own it. Everybody yes. else being upset with me for coming out. Listen, I had to come out. I had to make a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't know how many times for six years I stayed silent. I could have yeah. been came out. I could have been said something if I wanted to expose somebody's image. If I wanted to ruin somebody's image, I could have been said something yeah, in those yeah. six years. So the yeah. fact that I stayed quiet, applaud me for still loving on someone, applaud me for still being there when that person had cancer, making sure that they were mm. good, still putting myself lads Jesus mm. through it all while my kids are sitting like my three year old is so traumatized mm. when it comes to having a phone conversation or it's time to take her there to see him she shuts down like she just she's crying and it's the hardest thing for me so when I have to go to court and somebody says you know, you have to unblock them. I had a, I have blocked them on everything. My phone, social media. I feel like that's what you're supposed to do when you have somebody like that. And when I went to court and they said you have to unblock him, that's re-traumatizing me. Yeah. Right. Because now I have to deal with this person. Now this person can contact me directly and try to throw darts at me. Right. And can do anything. And I have to sit here and be silent. There's no way that he has can communicate through a third party, a mediator, or an attorney. Oh, the system right now, is janky. No. The system is terrible. Mm-hmm. They don't care unless you're dead or dying. Right. That's crazy. Literally. So it's really been a hard time trying to not only show up for myself, but show up for other people because I know that I'm their light and I know that God is using me and yeah. my story and my testimony to yeah. help other women. And I'm very proud of that. Yeah. At first, I hated it. At first, I was like, oh, my God, I regret ever coming out. But ever since I came out, it's like people now see those blockages that I dropped. I'm free. And I want women to know that it's okay to start over. You're starting over from experience now. You're starting over. And now you can recognize a red flag now when you get out. Because when you're in it, you're not going to see see it. it. You don't see it. You're not going to see it. And when you're dealing with somebody like a narcissist, you're going to be high, you're going to be low. You're going to be high, you're going to be low. Who wants to keep being re-traumatized? That's a whole cycle every day. Yeah. Every day. So when people see me like, oh, you were this, oh, you were that. For six years of going through that, six years of gaslighting, six six years of emotional abuse, six years of being choked and, and dragged across the floor. Jesus. Can you imagine your children knocking on the door, screaming, 
let my mommy out. Mm. Let my mommy out. Please let my mommy out screaming. And then every time you call the system, the system fails you mm. because they don't arrest anybody. And all they say is, oh, mm. you're married. So the only thing we can do is just tell you guys to go and set a price at a house when you don't know when you leave my house. This motherfucker is back at it again. Mm. But people don't realize, oh, you know, the system, the system didn't fail you because this person can say, oh, that's why they didn't lock me up because I didn't do nothing. Mm. When you know a person like narcissism, they know how to switch and turn their faces. Yes. yes. The charm, the charisma. Yes. My dad could be there. I could be screaming. My dad would come upstairs when he hear me screaming. He'll open the door and say, I don't know what happened. It's all in her head. It's all in her mind. I don't know what she's talking about. This didn't happen. I'm like, you just dragged me. Wow. What do you mean you don't know what happened? It's all in my mind. So when I went to go do that lie detector test for myself, I was like, damn girl, you your mind was really twisted. Yeah. That you really was so manipulated to the point that you really thought this person didn't do anything to you. Yeah. Double guessing yourself. Yes. Ooh, that's that's major gaslighting. Wow. Well, and and they say that people who um, have suffered narcissistic abuse, it is the hardest thing. Yes. And I've dealt with it. And people don't some people can handle the smear campaigns. Right. Can you imagine just your one little regular boyfriend who's trying to, you know, get your family turned against you? But then they go if they're informed, so they can go and hire bloggers and hire and pay other public figures and content creators to bash you mm. about something that what because it's of my truth? truth. Yeah, right. But you're so con- so conflicted on. Let me fix my image. Fix my image. Fix my image. Fix yeah. my image. That all you had to do was take accountability from the get go. And this will be done. Right. The fact that it's being dragged out, even today, the fact that it's being dragged out and my children, innocent children, are being brought into it because my kids came on camera and they vented about how they felt and about how they was banging on the door for their mom. Mm. So they deserve to be bullied. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is I would think that it was kids doing that. It's grown 46, 50 year olds yes, bullying my people. children. Yeah. Bullying me. Jesus. What did you do to heal wow. from this? Because it, it's like, I know you're still on your journey, mm-hmm. but I remember the first time I met you mm-hmm. and we were crying together mm-hmm. at the house. We were just sitting there having a conversation and I can hear, I can see, I can feel the growth inside of your healing journey. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? Like, what does your healing journey look like? So I did narcissism abuse courses. Okay. Um, yeah. I also do mediation and then I also have a life coach. Yeah. What is what happens inside? I need to do that. Narcissism abuse courses. What do you. Yeah. Yeah. So in that they have mediation. Um, the website is emotional abuse recovery dot com. I forgot his name, but I came across him on Instagram. Danish something. And um, I went on his website and I seen a bunch of good reviews from other races, not mm-hmm. our color. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like we do that. We don't seek help. Right. So True. when I went on there, I paid for his pay for his courses. I started doing the courses and I realized something that I didn't know before doing it. Like if I was live before I started my journey, if I was live and I seen this person name or I see this person coming up, my whole body would shut down. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, y'all, I'm going to get off live. I'll talk to you guys next time. And they would see that and they'd be like, why she change all of a sudden? And they would vocalize. Like, even now, they were like, girl, I ain't never seen all your teeth. I know you ain't. <laughs> you never seen them. I never yeah. smiled this much. I've yeah. never been this happy. Yeah. So during the courses, they have mediation to where it helps you calm and reprogram your mind mm. and reprogram yourself so that when a person comes around or if you see that person, it doesn't affect you as much. Mm. So 
Um, the meditation definitely helps integrate this. They give you work to do. They give you homework to do. They give you goals to set out first 30 days. Um, celebrate yourself for blocking them. Yeah. Then another 30 days. Then they have, for those who don't know, they have um, parenting with a narcissist. So you can do that wow. as well so that you can learn how to parent with that type of person and what kind of lawyer you need to get involved yeah. to understand what you're going through to fight for you. Wow. So awareness. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. So wow. And I think people don't realize like, this has been happening for centuries, abuse, yes. mm-hmm. narcissism, uh, disorder, manipulation. But the generation that we're all a part of is being played out live on social media. Yes. And I don't think we're even equipped. I don't even think the system is even equipped enough to understand what your life being played out on social media means. Mm-hmm. Whereas before stuff was behind closed doors and you right. did with it at home. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, no, I have to deal with this in 200,000 followers exactly. or 1.7 million followers. Exactly. And that comes with a different set of trauma and that comes yeah. with a different set of exactly. pain. And it's like, I've went through internet slander as well. And it's like... And it's like, is that abuse as well? Yes. Are you abusing me now? Yes. Right. Because you're trying to control me too. Yes. So like, are you trying to continue the cycle of abuse? Yeah. And it's like you said, it'd be 46-year-old people behind yes. these keyboards leaving comments. It's like, it's like, like yo, hold your hand out. Right. Why? Yes. Why you gotta bash me? Right. Yeah. You are a woman. I'm sure you experienced something like this before. Yeah. Why not reach your hand out instead of bashing? It's like, why are people programmed to join on the bandwagon and bash instead of saying, oh, she needs help. Let right. me extend right. this all over. Yes. Exactly. Let me put my hand out and see if exactly. I can help him or her because exactly. she's going through something. What's and wrong then, with being positive? Yeah. You do not have, I am a walking testimony that you do not have to be negative or full of drama to be monetized on yeah. social media. Yeah. Stop using me for drama. Right. Use me as positivity. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what? She's still pushing. She's still with her kids. She's still Come doing on. things. She's still showing up. Because yeah. yes. last year I could have been dead and not here. Then what, what you would have been saying on social media yeah. yeah and people can't do that because they're they're filled filled with trauma yeah so they sitting there behind their keyboards because it's making them feel better about themselves right, right? to talk about other people to, right. to bash other people and you know we're in this skit world as actresses but it's so funny um when you read through the tr- the comments, I'm like, Jesus, it's so much trauma. These people are hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> trauma feels You know what I say? I always say? Yes, These people are wounded and it shows. They yeah. are wounded. And and I even said to a, one of the, I, I don't, I try not to comment too much back and forth, but sometimes mm-hmm. I do because I feel like, okay, this is an opportunity where I can share a message. Mm-hmm. And somebody, I was saying this in another um, episode that we aired. Um, that somebody was saying, Amber, your character has no value, has just dogging her out. And I said, you're 100% right. And I pray that some woman who was going through this same thing, mm-hmm. and I'm saying, I'm thinking to myself, hint, hint, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Can see this, this character and say, I don't want to be that anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but they, but people can't do that yeah, because they just have so much trauma in their own lives. And I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I have been guilty of at times mm, looking at somebody like this or um, who she thinks she is or, or saying mm-hmm. something just slide. Why? Because I wasn't in love with me. Yeah. Period. I wasn't understanding who I was. So it was a way for me to lift myself up, tearing somebody else down a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's like, man, when you really tap into the love that you have for yourself mm-hmm. yep. and not just your love, God's love, mm-hmm. right? when you really start to allow God to pour his love and, and be in communion with him and be yeah. in relationship with him, 
you ain't got to talk about nobody else because right. he's giving you everything that you need. Yeah. And that's what these people on the other side of these screens are missing. Yes. They don't have God in their lives mm-hmm. to yeah. really, you know, embrace how to love other people. Yeah. Right. I think the thing for me that makes me the most frustrated about, you know, the comments and the slander and the smearing and all of these things is. Like, do the research. Mm-hmm. Like, before you even fix your mouth to say whatever, like, say whatever you want to say and right. say it from your chest. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. But but do the research first. Make sure what you're saying is the truth. True. Right. <laughs> because if you're going to, sl- don't just be out here slandering because people don't understand how far cyberbullying goes. Mm-hmm. And we all know somebody, there's a new person that's in an addition to our skits. And I don't know anybody that's cyberbullied like this person. He's got over like millions of followers too. And it's like people either love him or they hate him. But it's really similar to my character. He can't do anything right. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. But if you were to really take the time to listen and do the research and stop judging things that you know nothing about, the world would look like a different place. So I feel like it is our responsibility and for the viewers and the listeners that are out there right now, like, just do the research. That's all that for right. me. That's all that I ask. Don't mm-hmm. join on the bandwagon. Right. I even think about the the comments for, for Country Wayne when people are like, "Oh, Sarah rides the short bus. Yeah, she rides the short bus. Whatever, whatever." Oh, okay. For real. And, <laughs> but you, say, but the, see those comments are about your character. Well, it, well, I I mean, yeah, but I there are people that don't like my real life character, mm-hmm. and you know what? I don't care. Like I'm literally like I love that for whoever. Right. That's great. People can say whatever they want to say, but do your research. I, you know what I say? Yeah. I say you can you can just if you're going to talk about me, just make sure that it's true. Right. That's all that I ask because yeah. none of us are perfect. Right. None of us have everything going on. Right. But just make sure that it's true. Because one thing, like, I feel like with, especially when you know who you are, yeah. when you are empowered and who you are, when you really know and love God, yes. you would never fix your mouth to speak about someone negatively. Right. Because mm-hmm. why? What is the point? Exactly. And because the, we are all his creations at the yeah. end of the day. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're talking about God's child at the end exactly. of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't understand that. You can't put your mouth just on everybody. You Man. know? Um, because... Yeah, and God said He gonna prepare your table in front of your in enemies, of and that's enemies. exactly what He been doing ever yes. since I dropped. Listen, that bird been flying. Yeah. Yes. Come on, <laughs> the bird has been flying. You off. can see when you sit back and you see Ooh. both parties, you see who succeeding and who failing, I and that's it. who God is blessing. Yeah, yeah. I want to lighten it up. I feel like this has been so heavy. Like this has been <laughs> yeah. so heavy. I'm already like in such a heavy mood. It's been mm-hmm. every week. But what are you doing now for fun? How are you feeling free and light? And what's making you laugh? What's bringing you joy? So I am doing a lot of meditation, doing a lot more leaning on God because I was drawn away from God in that situation because that person believed that we're God. So Mm. it took me away and separated. But ever since I got back in the midst, I'm like, God is calling me to do something. Yeah. Mm. And I've been doing solely nothing but focusing on him. I don't care about nothing else. My time is, that's my man. Like, that's my man. That's my man. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm making sure I'm giving him so much time. I'm spending time with my kids. I'm doing fun stuff. My skincare line, the clothing. Like, I'm just having fun and just getting, yes, my show. I'm just getting to, like, know who Brianna is. And it's fun to like just yeah. wake up and be like girl you doing this today okay yes I gotta wait for nobody to say yes or no yes. like just being free yes. to be able to do whatever I wanna do it's like so wait fun. off you Where's, what's your show on yeah I was just supposed to ask how it's did you get Facebook started with watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, how did you start that so like I said I wanted to show the good the bad the ugly and the nasty so with that I was like you know what I wanna start a journey of them seeing me walk into who I am mm. I want them to come along this journey with me to see 
where I was and how I get to where I am. Yeah. So the first episode of me opening up, talking to my kids, that's me. I'm talking to my kids. I want to know how you feel. Yeah. I don't want my kids to feel like they can't talk to me. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm their first teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to go to school and learn from their friends because their friends is advanced and know other things that they. So, you know, I want to have open conversations. I want to have healthy communication with my yeah. children. So yes. I opened up with that. And then us moving into our own home, like that was such a big, the first episode was the best episode to me. That's so because it shows cheers to new beginnings yeah. this is me this is my kids and baby we about to go on this journey together yes. yeah how long are the episodes um 20 minutes everybody like you should have made it an hour and you produce like, it yourself no i had help okay but you're a producer on it <laughs> yes. like you created the show yes yeah so that's wonderful well. yes oh that's yeah. wonderful. Yes. not to br- not to bring the uh the, the mood back down but you mm-hmm. said something that um that stuck out to me because you said I'm getting back to God because I had strayed away from God during mm-hmm. that season. And I don't think that's talked about enough. Mm-hmm. When you're in the midst of the storm, when you're in that dark place, you do stray away from God. And when you get out of it, if you're lucky enough to get out of it, is when you go running back to God. But I think that if we understood that God was waiting on us to run to him that entire time, like I've been so down and in corners and in spaces where I was like, I don't even know if God exists anymore. I don't know if he's even covering yeah. me right now. Mm. And see, for me, it wasn't that I didn't believe. It was when you're in something and somebody's manipulating you and telling you, oh, the Bible's written by white people. It was for slaves. Mm. Oh, God isn't real. You're praying, you're praying to somebody who in the clouds mm-hmm. you ain't going to never see. Mm. Like, that was for six years. Mm. Talk, and Jesus. to avoid arguments. Because one time I was praying and I caught the Holy Spirit. A lot of people can't do that. Mm. But I was speaking in tongues. He came home. I'm praying over him. Touch him like, Lord, please remove this devil. Like, yeah. And he said, you devil worshiping. So from then on forward, it was an argument, whether I posted a pastor, whether it was a, a preacher word or something. You crying over that nigga more. Like, do you love him? Like, it's Jesus. A, so to avoid fighting, I was like, okay, I'm going to give hard, you a break right. because. That's how you know you have a massive calling on your life. Yeah. Girl. Massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive. Because I really like, I, I hate that saying, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Because you got you 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 got battles to win. Yeah, you got wars yes. to win. You've got land to dominate. You've yes. got people to lead. You have all of those things coming. Sometimes it's like, God, me, I really don't think I'm right. this strong. Yeah. <laughs> this is you in the wrong house right now. That's yeah. what I'm down the street. Right. Yeah. Um, but really and truly, like you are a soldier. And you not are. only that, but you're battle tested. And so we well, I think we've joked about it, but one thing I know that I say all the time is like, you know, women oftentimes are looking for like that knight in shining armor. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want no but nothing shiny like you ain't battle tested <laughs> i want dings and and scuff marks and fire marks like yeah. i want to have you ever swung a sword like okay, have you ever you actually experienced this yeah. <laughs> what, have you, what, what does your so walk wanna, look like right what does your walk look like in this battle so what does dating are you dating do you think you'll get back into dating soon what does that look like for you i am dating okay okay let's go let's get back out there come on Stella. <laughs> I am dating an amazing person. Oh. Um, he's from Wu Tang. He was on the Wu Tang show. His name is Janelle. Okay. I know Janelle. Janelle and I did a movie Janelle together. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, it must be serious if you just name dropped him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you put it out there? It's, it's listen. He came into my storm and he was there for me. No matter what nobody said about me, smear campaigns, emails was sent, people writing his publicist, managers, people writing on his show. He stood by my side and was like, we're going to get through this. We're going to meditate. You're not about to keep responding. This is what we're doing. Wow. And then the most important thing for me is his relationship with God. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm 
I love that. Yeah. I love that you love God more than you love yourself. I love that you love God more than you will ever think about loving me. I love that you don't mind getting on your knees and praying to God. Yes. That's a turn on for me. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you, that just made me emotional because we were talking about in our last episode, sometimes we question like our own decisions, our thoughts and everything. And I was sitting here thinking of something I was going to say to you. And I was like, you know, God, I'm like, if you don't want me to say that, just, you know, and the, and the subject kind of changed, you went into dating. But what I was going to say was sometimes in the storm mm -hmm. and we're going through the storm, we think that we stray away from God. Mm. We think like, oh God, I haven't been. But God said, I was always there with you through mm -hmm. your storm. Mm -hmm. You may have strayed away. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I was right by your side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so for you to just say that he was right there in the storm. It's like, God's like, Amber, you got this. <laughs> Those are the words I told you to say. Yeah. And mm -hmm. this is how you start to, you know, gain your confidence because you know your confidence is in him. Yeah. Yes. It's not in yourself. You yes. don't look to yourself for the answer. Yeah. You don't look to yourself like, God, how do I get out of this? Right. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. No, my confidence is in God. Yes. Yes. And so if you are out there and you are going through the storm and you feel like you have strayed away because I have been there, ain't picked up a Bible, ain't got on my knees, ain't yeah. said hello, good morning, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? He is right there. Yeah. He, never, he will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. He is the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked me, Amber, um, is y'all show a Christian show? <laughs> I said, no, it's not a Christian show. They said, well, do you have to talk about God every single episode? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Because it's not a Christian show, but we are Christians doing a show. Exactly. You know, or we are Christ followers. I should yeah. say, I know everybody doesn't call themselves Christians, but we are believers. Yes. And I just know that if you are going through, he has not left you. Yeah. He has not forsaken Period. you. And you are a testimony of yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I am just, you have made me Say, Amber, put the excuses down. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no excuse. This yeah. woman has four kids and is doing this, 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 and that. Yeah. Went through all of that. Four going kids. Four. Yes. So, and my favorite prayer, y'all, is God, please remove and reveal Yes. Anything that is yeah. not of you, anybody that is not of you that's in my life, yeah. remove and reveal. And he been doing just that. Everybody just been following. I'm like, okay, God, I ain't about to go ask why. I'm not about to say, why you stop talking to me? Uh-uh, no. Like, I, that's my daily prayer. I always ask God because he going to do it. He going to yeah. reveal who this person is and he going to remove them Ooh. out of your life as yeah. well. Ooh. All you got to do is ask him. Yeah. Yeah. But don't go seeking the answer right. when you... <laughs> yeah. Don't be like, why? Let it go. Right. Release. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sheesh. And also for anyone who has a problem with uh, God being acknowledged and on this show, baby, <laughs> the Bible says, and always acknowledge him and yes. he shall direct thy path. Exactly. So he will stay acknowledged on this here microphone. You hear me? Well, they didn't have a problem. They were just asking, was it a Christian show? <laughs> <laughs> like, We're not a Christian show. We don't deem ourselves that, but, yeah. but we are believers yes. in Christ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What kind of, um, you know, being, being a woman that like, you know, you're, you're back in it. You're like, you're, you're, you're on your healing, you're dating, you're feeling loved. You're showing all your teeth. You're smiling, you're happy, you're free, you're floating. Yeah. Um, what are some of the practices that you do with your children to help them heal through this, this transformation in this time? So they are all in counseling as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. That is so proactive. Mm -hmm. yes. Wow. That's powerful. They don't even know how you're blessing them right now. Right. Truly. Putting them in therapy this early on. Yes. Yeah. I'm so, I'm such a firm believer in, especially with having sons, mm. black sons. <laughs> 
I don't feel like it's okay for them to be emotional. I don't feel like it's okay for them to speak on their feelings and tell us how we feel, which is why we have so many unhealthy adult men walking around because no one ever told them it's okay for you to cry. Yes. It's okay for you to talk. It's yes. okay for you to communicate. Your feelings matter. Yeah. And I feel like that's so important to me with my children. Like your feelings matter. Please yeah. don't walk around shut off to the world and not being able to communicate how yeah. you feel. Yes. yes. That's so good. So important. It's so funny. Um, even in my previous relationship with my child's father, um, we, um, we were at a point in our life where we just weren't getting along. You know, it was just it was just difficult. It was hard. And I told him, I was like, I would rather us not be together mm -hmm. than to have our son have this example of two parents just, you know, yes. just not not in agreement, not in right. alignment. And I would rather us be separate and love each other from a distance mm -hmm. and my and our son see true love. And I love, I absolutely love our relationship now because it is easy and it hasn't always been it's not always easy right but it's so much easier because mm -hmm. we have just learned to respect each other more mm -hmm. through my counseling i've learned where i was wrong in the relationship mm -hmm. um i think that he has had some very traumatic experiences that he's had to deal with over the last year which has made him take a look at himself and say oh how could I have been better in that relationship? Mm -hmm. But my son sees such love between the two of us. Right. And I was just listening to what you were saying. You didn't want your children, you know, having to be on the door anymore yeah. and say, you know, and I never wanted us to get to that point yeah. where my son was seeing us like just go off. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'd rather be away from you and separate, right. love you from a distance and our son see true love. Right. And we always talk to him and have conversations. You know, we have we ask open-ended questions. We don't just say, how was school today? For him to just say, fine. Right. We'll say, what did you like about school today? Mm -hmm. yeah. So that he can express those feelings. He's only three and a half or almost four, but it is key. And, and his dad is a big believer in that, of just allowing black boys mm -hmm. to be emotional, right. to express their emotions, mm -hmm. but helping them to manage them right. yeah. and to be emotionally intelligent. Yes. And that's where you have to like, you know, learn how to mold that. You don't mm -hmm. just want them to be like crybabies right. and, and yeah. you know, and have temper tantrums, yeah. but you want them to be able to express that and you help them manage it. And I love that about his father, that he really encourages that with my son. So yeah, I think that's key. I'm so proud of you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Looking through your Instagram, I'm just like, yo, she's on it. God is in her. You can see yeah. it. God has has his hand all over you. And yeah. I can't wait to see where God is taking you next. I'm so glad that you were delivered through that storm yes. and got those spirits up off you and got away from yes. that spirit yes. and that your kids can like really enjoy the fruits of that of that work that you're doing. So, Absolutely. man, I, I, I can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Don't we're going to get go. into some hard non-negotiables as we close out this episode. It's been such a great episode. Yeah. Um, so so we're going to throw out some. Powerful. rapid fire questions we're each just going to ask one okay give it to her and move on and we're gonna wrap this one up you could just whatever comes to your mind you could um answer and then we're gonna i'm gonna go first and we're gonna go second and then we'll end with sarah so i'm gonna say if you had to only get one thing one of these the rest of your life kisses or hugs hugs oh really okay Ooh. all right amber Ooh, skip to sarah i'm still thinking <laughs> <laughs> is it non-negotiable how soon I'm, I don't know how to ask the question. Essentially, what I'm saying is when oh, your my partner God. is your partner, <laughs> is it non-negotiable for your kids to call him dad? 
Yes, I feel like um, he should. They should have a conversation with their biological father first, mm. and then come around to that because okay. their fathers are active. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. Okay. I'm getting better, y'all. I just want you to know that. You're supposed to be fun. You still suck. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> fun? No. no. Well, well, I, I feel fun. like once you get married, then it's like, yeah, that's your that's daddy okay. anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step daddy. Yeah. <laughs> mm, let me think about this one. Um, are you close with your father? Yes. Okay. Um, it's your wedding day. You and Janelle? <laughs> oh. Come on, prophesy. We are speaking it right now. It is being spoken. It's your wedding day. He just just can't wait. He can't wait for the wedding night, right? Uh Can he be in your, uh, you know how they have to go get the garden? Uh How long can he be up under there in front of your your daddy? (laughs) How many, how how long is too long? I'm going to tell my daddy to go ahead and head upstairs to the room. Hilarious. For me and my wedding day, my husband down there. I'm like, okay, my husband will show down there. I probably won't do like, it. What's the time? You got ten seconds, bro. Get that thing and get out. Right. Just use your hand. Just daddy. grab the joint and be done. <laughs> okay, that was probably the worst one I had so far. That I'm was sure. bad. I'm not gonna bad. lie. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> you and, you <laughs> and Sarah both. Listen, guys. That's it right there. Uh, Queen Bree, we appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, we end every episode on the word of the day, and I'm gonna take the word of the day today. As we know, um, life and death lies within the power of the tongue. What yes. we speak, what we write, what we think, we give authority to, and ultimately we are the authors of our life. Um, So my word of the day after this episode is applaud. And to applaud means to approve or praise with clapping. And you used the word applaud earlier and you were like, applaud me because this, applaud me because this. But I want to say applaud your dang self for pulling yourself out of the storm, for being able to do the work and still do the work and still elevate and elevate your children. So we applaud you. And for those of you out there, applaud for you, clap yes. for you. You don't need anybody to applaud you. You don't need anybody to clap for you. You can clap for your dang self. Applaud right. yourself, even the smallest wins. I don't care if you said, oh, I'm going to make up my bed every day. And you made it up every day, Monday yes. through Friday. Applaud yourself for that. If you said, oh, I'm going to read a book a week and you, and you only got through one page or one chapter, still applaud yourself for that. Celebrate all of your wins. Yeah. Yeah. So my word of the day, it is applaud. Um, and this has been a phenomenal episode with you, Brianna. Thank yes. You. Yes. So, so powerful. So free. Yes. Yes. I feel like we need a part two with you or yes. something. Well, guys, stay tuned for another episode next week of It's, it's Non-Negotiable. Non-Negotiable. Bye, guys.